This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about immigration here in Metro Detroit. Steve DeBachman, who is the director of Global Detroit, is going to talk to us about how we make Detroit a place that's growing because of immigration, attracting and retaining newcomers to our country. Uh, And then, of course, at the end of the show, we're going to have one of my favorite things that we do here on Detroit Today, live music in the studio. Lily Adams, a musician who is the niece of Alberta Adams, performing at the Nanamdi Center for Contemporary Art. She's in studio today to perform for us and talk about uh, her aunt and and jazz music generally. So that's going to be very exciting. You want to stick around for that. But first, on the August 2nd primary ballot, voters in Oakland, Macomb, and Wayne counties are going to be asked whether they should renew a 10-year millage for the Detroit Zoo. The millage extension will cost about $10 per home on the average home in the metro area. Over the past several years, the zoo has built up the Arctic ring of life that allows for close encounters with polar bears, and now there's a state-of-the-art new penguin facility that I went to see over July 4th. It lets you see the birds really up close in their environment and under the water. The zoo has also worked to build in the educational and conservation communities. What would end? What would an end to the millage mean for the zoo? And are voters ready to extend a millage when a lot of homeowners feel overburdened and overtaxed already? Joining me to talk about the Detroit Zoo, the millage, and its future is Ron Kagan, who is the executive director and CEO of the Detroit Zoo. Ron, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I have gone to see the new penguin exhibit, which uh, is really something. Uh, This is just one example of the kinds of things that we're able to do at our zoo, partially because of this millage, this public support that we dedicate to the Detroit Zoo. Well, you're right. You know, uh, eight years ago when the millage passed, it was really the first great win uh, of regional cooperation between the three counties. Uh, it's easy to forget, and perhaps we want to forget a little bit about just how dysfunctional uh, that kind of cooperation was at times. And um, I think the zoo, uh, fortunately, because it is embraced by everyone, it is welcoming to everyone, uh, it kind of defies the, the notion that it's only for Detroit or only for Oakland County or whatever. Um, it is a place where where all people come, all languages are spoken, and so it it became kind of a a model. And then that was followed, of course, by uh, Kobo and and regional cooperation for that, and and followed by uh, support for the regional support for the DIA, and uh, I'm sure many other things to come. So uh, since that time, a lot has changed. Uh, the zoo has been able to stabilize uh, its operations, yeah. and we have been able to then fundraise and and begin to build some of the things that you've just been talking about, including that uh, spectacular Polk Penguin Conservation Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when uh, we talk about public support for cultural institutions uh, in this region, I mean, you're talking about two things. One is the preservation of those cultural institutions, the the, the the mm-hmm. fortification of them, I suppose, or edification of them. But then you're also talking about taxes. And, and sometimes those two things sort of seem to butt heads uh, in our community. It, it is really hard to talk about taxes as, uh, as being things that we ought to embrace. 
I always say that that it's an easier sell, or it should be an easier sell with cultural institutions because people can actually see what it is they're paying for and what yeah. they're getting for it. I think the zoo is probably, uh, well, certainly one of the best examples that we have of that actually happening. I mean, it's not it's not intangible. It is right there in front of you, and it is something that generations of Metro Detroiters can relate to uh, from the time that they're small children until they're senior citizens. Well, you know, I, I obviously agree with you, Stephen, and I, I think that this points to the issue of relevance. Um, you know, all of us in life are consumers, and, and we want to make sure that whatever we spend money on, whether it's a, a tax or, or anything else, is relevant and is a good value. So to your point, the 0.1 mil, um, which, which originally we thought would yield us about $15 million a year, only yields about 11. Uh, we're still very fortunate to have it. It's a tiny fraction of what the, all zoos in, in Ohio, for instance, get with uh, similar millages. Um, and but, is that because that's uh, because of the loss in our the property values? values right. right. But the, but for instance, in in places like Toledo, they they have a point eight uh, mil uh, millage for for their zoo. So we we only asked for zero point one. Uh, we're only asking to renew that. We're not asking for an increase. What we've done over the past eight years has worked very hard uh, on earned revenue and on philanthropy, and those are the things which have really contributed to building uh, for the future. So that what the millage originally did was was basically stabilize the basic operations. It now represents less than 30% of our operating budget. Um, but it is absolutely essential to do the proper things in terms of being a responsible place for both people and, and for animals. Um, we obviously also have a lot of givebacks. So um, even though it costs perhaps the average homeowner something like 5 to $10 a year, which is a pretty good bargain to have one of the best zoos in the, in the country, um, people in the Tri-County area get a $10 discount if they buy a membership. Uh, we um, underwrite um, school admission, so it's a fraction of the cost of what it would be. Uh, we have free senior days. Uh, we, we do so many special things for the community because that's kind of the, the deal. The deal is that we're here to serve the community. It's not simply uh, let's support the zoo. It's the zoo is supporting people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Ron Kagan. He's the executive director and CEO of the Detroit Zoo. We are talking about the millage renewal for the zoo that's going to appear on the August 2nd primary ballot. It's going to cost homeowners, the average homeowner here in Metro Detroit, 5 to $10 uh, per home. Uh, at the same time, it will support the ongoing operations at the zoo and, of course, uh, enable them to do even bigger things. The new Arctic Ring of Life that uh, allows for really close-up encounters with polar bears and other uh, Arctic life, and the new state-of-the-art penguin facility that uh, just recently opened, which if you haven't gotten out to the zoo uh, this summer to see it, you, you really have to do yourself a favor and do it. It really is a remarkable facility, and it's a remarkable difference between the old penguin house, which when I was a kid was my favorite part of the zoo. That was the thing I always looked the most forward to. I think I can't imagine how much more excited 
I would have been as a child if I'd had this new uh, Penguin facility to, to go through. Uh, if you want to give us a call, join the conversation, talk about the zoo, talk about its future, talk about taxes and millages, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Are you going to vote on the zoo millage uh, in the fall? Are you going to vote for it? Or are you sort of reticent about that and thinking about it and have some questions? Uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 to talk about that. Uh, Ron, let's talk about how the Detroit Zoo is different from other zoos around the country. I'm not sure that, you know, if you live here and go to the zoo every summer that you can always fully appreciate that this is this is something special and increasingly rare. I mean, the, the, the way that things are changing, lots of people are losing this kind of cultural institution or losing uh, a cultural institution at the level that we maintain the Detroit Zoo? Well, I think also people are losing a connection to nature. And I think we all know that, uh, especially in hard times and, and when things are difficult, um, it's incredibly important for us to reconnect with nature. Um, Stephen, I want to remind your listeners, we, we actually have two campuses we, and, and both serve very important purposes. So Aside from, from the Detroit Zoo, we also uh, operate the Belle Isle Nature Zoo. Right. Uh, and that's, uh, frankly, another very important feature because that's entirely free. Uh, and, and we're serving now almost 100,000 people there. <clears throat> Excuse me. We serve 1.5 million people at the Detroit Zoo. That's gone up 500,000 people in the past 10 years. Uh, so we're now um, uh, one of the top zoos in the United States in terms of paid attendance. Uh, the, these places are unique because they are protecting uh, the, the world of nature, and they're also bringing together uh, people. We're, we're unique in a lot of different ways. Programmatically, we're unique. Um, we have the largest amphibian conservation center and program in the world, um, we have the largest penguin conservation center in the world, um, the largest and mo most unique uh, polar bear facility in the world. In terms of technology, we're unique because we have Science on a Sphere, which uh, was developed by NASA and NOAA. We're one of only two zoos in the world that have it. And that is a, one of our powerful tools to help people understand climate change and how that will affect all of us and how we need to prepare to, to uh, cope with that because... That's a very real issue and a very real challenge. Uh, we're very unique in the sense that we have the Academy for Humane Education, which doesn't exist at any other zoo. We have the Center for Zoo Animal Welfare. Uh, so there, there are so many different things about uh, our on. zoo that yeah. is so unique, aside from all of the kind of <laughs> normal, wonderful things you'd find at a, at a fine zoo anywhere. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Now, no surprise, lots of people talking about their support for uh, the Detroit Zoo. Uh, Terry in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, good morning, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Hey, I am voting yes. If I could vote to double down, I would do that. If I could vote <laughs> twice, I would do that. So you could pay $20 a year instead of 10 Oh, easy, brother. <laughs> I'd pay so much more than that. I want to say that the kind of work uh, the Detroit Zoo does and even the DIA and our other wonderful cultural institutions, you know, they bring the community together. And honestly, Stephen, you never hear people talking to each other harsh when they're at the zoo. Everyone's happy. The kids are having a good time. 
that kind of community is what we need more of these days. Yeah, yeah. Terry, thanks very much uh, for the call and, and for those thoughts. Uh, Brian in Detroit, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, how you doing today? Good, how are you? All right, I'm a longtime supporter of the zoo. I remember going when I was a child, like with school trips, and even in high school, we would skip school and... <laughs> and go to the zoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> we go to photography club, so we would just take pictures of the animals and stuff like that. And I always remember the uh, monkey show back when we were like little, little kids. Yeah, yeah. I guess got rid of that, riding motorcycles and all that kind of craziness. <laughs> Okay, thanks very much, uh, Brian. Let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning to both of you. You know what, Steve, at my age, I'm 69, I picked up <clears throat> my trusty pen, and I did some ciphering on the paper. It's going <laughs> to cost 0.27 cents, less than three cents a day, to continue to supporting the zoo. Yeah. And, I mean, when you look at it in terms of, you know, what the zoo has to offer, as Dr. Kagan, you know, just described. I mean, where else can you? What what, what else can you get for three cents a day? Right. I mean, literally. <laughs> Great question, Tom. Nothing. Yeah. But I mean, you know, this is a doggone good investment in our kids and even some of us older kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, thanks uh, okay. very much for the call. Uh, Ron, before I, before I let you go, I want to talk about uh, conservation. This has been a real focus for you and your time as director at the zoo. And, and you've not been shy about addressing some of the tensions uh, between the idea of zoos and conservation, the idea of conservation on the planet uh, more widely. You're a frequent visitor to, uh, to, to places where conservation is an issue on the planet. Uh, talk about what that means uh, to you and then also means to the zoo. Well, it gets back, I think, to that word that I used earlier about being relevant. Um, and first of all, uh, thanks to the callers that have been so wonderfully generous with their comments. Uh, it, it's nice to, to hear that people understand that we really are here to serve the community, and it's just very front and center in everyone's mind who works at the zoo or volunteers at the zoo. Um, you know, for us, this is not simply about having a wonderful place to visit. That, that obviously is great for the community, but we also have important work to do. Uh, part of our mandate is to, frankly, try to save wildlife from extinction. Um, and so we do work, uh, obviously, locally. We have all sorts of conservation initiatives within Michigan, um, and we work around the country and around the world um, we've been doing a project in the Amazon, for instance, for, for about 20 years. We raise from, from private funds about $100,000 a year, and we go down to 100 villages in the Amazon that don't have clean water, that don't have electricity, and we bring them school supplies. So it's not just that we care about the kids in Detroit. We care about the kids in the Amazon. And, and they say to us, because we're doing this wonderful thing for what they think is most important, their children, they say, what do you want from us? And we simply say, you know what? You live in the, the real jewel of biodiversity yeah. for the entire planet. You're the only ones that can protect this for the rest of the world, and we just hope you'll do that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's some really creative stuff that can be done in terms of conservation, um, we, we have been working in Antarctica for a long time, and 
part of the reason is that you know I, I mean I people talk so much about climate change and um, man this is a real deal <laughs> and and we all need to be real concerned about it uh, we've been helping to monitor the changes that are happening with wildlife because they are indicators it's kind of like the canary in the coal mine yeah. so they're just a whole I mean you know I could go through 30 uh, major conservation initiatives that we're involved with uh, through uh, basically private funding that we couldn't do if we didn't have the millage, frankly, which allows the millage allows us to do the basic operations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the future of zoos. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, uh, like I like I said, the zoo was a very different place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, animals were yeah. largely behind bars and in yeah. cages. Brian, uh, who called in, talked about the monkey show they yeah. used to have, uh, which you know certainly entertaining, but yeah. raises a lot of questions about yeah. uh, the animal treatment mm-hmm. and things like that. We we are moving pretty rapid in different directions uh, and you have even uh, taken the extraordinary step of saying for instance that elephants uh, don't really belong in zoos and we don't have them here anymore uh, in Detroit um, talk about what the view of uh, the the zoo of the future looks like well I you know it's funny I just contributed something I was asked to do that for the Washington Post and and it's very hard to see out too far but but I certainly think that um, the focus is going to continue to be on on quality, not quantity. It's not, you know, we currently have 3,000 animals. Uh, do, does it really require 5,000 animals to be a great zoo? No. <laughs> what, what it requires is that it's a phenomenal experience for people and that it's a phenomenal experience for the animals. We And we can't cut corners in, in either direction. So uh, the penguin experience that you just had uh, is a thrilling experience, and it absolutely does not come at the expense of the penguin. Right, uh, right. And that's the key. The key is to make sure this works for both uh, humans and non-humans. Uh, I can tell you <laughs> from my my time in Antarctica that the life of a penguin in Antarctica is really awful. Oh, is uh, right? <laughs> it is nonstop uh, a battle Fishing, to survive. Yeah. Well, you're you're trying to avoid the leopard seals right. that uh, will flay you. <laughs> right. I mean, we actually caught that on film, which was kind of gruesome. Wow. Uh, or an orca that's trying to catch you, or you can't find food, or there's a skua, which is a big brown bird that constantly dive bombs and kills your your um, <laughs> your chicks. It's just nonstop, really terror. Uh, our penguins have an extraordinary life. Yeah. I mean, it's quite amazing, and it is dramatic and exciting and entertaining for for visitors. All of that allows us then to talk to people to, that now are reconnected with nature and, and explain. Well, here are some of the challenges, and here's how we can have a a gentler footprint uh, in in the environment. Yeah, uh, one of the great things in the new uh, penguin facility is. When you walk in, uh, you're looking at this entire sort of world that you guys have built uh, for the penguins, and they can sort of choose where they go in there. Yeah. You can, they can either be right up at the window or not. But the way that they do choose to come up right up to the window and interact, it seems, with people on the other side is one of those really special zoo it, it Isn't that nice? Because it also tells you that the animals trust people yeah. and don't fear people. Um, and I think, you know, that's, we, we need to get to that paradigm in, in other ways as well, where the relationship between humans and non-humans is, is one of harmony. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ron Kagan, Executive Director and CEO of the Detroit Zoo. Uh, what do the polls tell you uh, about what's going to happen in August? 
Well, uh, we did do a fair amount of polling, and and we did it in 08, and uh, (laughs) I didn't believe our polls in 08, (laughs) except that they were incredibly accurate, and we we won by 70-plus percent in the Tri-County area. Um, Our polls continue to be in the 70s, so we we think that the community still appreciates the zoo, uh, appreciates what we do, and understands the value, and and certainly uh, your callers have expressed that, too. Um, but of course, you never take anything for granted, sure. and 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 even though this is a, relatively speaking, a very small tax, we 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 understand this is people's hard-earned money, uh, and and we we hope that we've made a good value proposition for people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll uh, catch up with you some other time about maybe the results of the August uh, balloting. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Uh, coming up next, can attracting immigrant communities help rebuild Detroit? We're going to talk to Steve Tabachman, director of Global Detroit Next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. <laughs> 